You're listening to Soul Crush, a podcast dedicated to spirituality, sexuality, and sharing stories that inspire the soul. We release an episode each new and full moon devoted to healing the shame that binds us and illuminating the infinite possibilities and courage of the human spirit. We recognize infinite universal divinity as who we really are and help move others away from ideas and beliefs around God and love that are oppressive. We support the fullest expression of our soul's highest callings to be of service in this world. This is a celebration not of the I or of the me, but of universal love and reverence for the earth that we walk upon. I am your grateful host, Adriana Rizzolo, and I am humbled and honored to be here with you all. episode 12. Today I am speaking with Ike Indolo. I was introduced to Ike through a friend of mine named Alex, who's an amazing yogi and uh, musician. And Ike is, music has has just really helped me a lot. Um, In this last little bit of time, um, I've really turned to, always have turned to devotional music as a way of connection and as a a way of like I don't know really I'm sure a lot of you can relate just really carrying me through um, the different things that you know I go through in in my life and the song I just played you a little clip of um, and he has a new album out now um, but that song really has you know, struck a deep chord with my heart, so I'm very grateful. So I'll read you Ike's bio. Growing up in Missouri as the son of Nigerian immigrants, the life of Ike Ndolo is a woven tapestry of experiences. Hymns and Bob Marley, injustice and mercy, discrimination and acceptance. As a result, Ike has been has become a well-versed, tested navigator of the human experience. He aims to share and guide you through stories that inform and even reorient your perspective. With deep and soulful gospel roots, Ike draws from new wave R&B and powerful vocal-driven performances. 
Ikendola released three singles in the summer of 2018, Guiding Light, Your Table, and Follow Me, all of which are featured on his third LP, Shine, released on September 17, 2018. Recorded at Gnome Studios in Nashville in conjunction with Hardspeak Records. I am sending you all lots and lots of love today, and I'm hoping that you'll really get so much out of this story and interview and little session that we had. I really um, was so grateful to connect with, with Ike and even felt like it really reignited a lot of my passion for doing this podcast, which is really about holding a space for others to share their connection to God and to share their own personal and unique stories of finding their own faith and then how they, you know, share it with the world through their own expression. And that's the thing that I feel just so passionate about connecting to. And I'm so curious and hungry to know how people connect to God and how people really come into um, these these ways of expression that oftentimes come from loss and you know we talked about loss and grief and um, all the ways that we are human and also all the ways that we get to share with one another from higher places as well and I find that our humanness really is the path to this great acceptance that we don't have to become something else to be connected, to live inside of the experience of grace. And I know that our suffering is also a part of that. And so I just want to send you some deep breaths and just a prayer to any beings that are experiencing suffering, any parts of you any parts of us that are suffering in this moment to really feel the support and the love that it's longing for. And I'm so, so humbled to be able to share this with you and to share with you in this way. And I hope that you're having a really beautiful day and night and um, send us a rating on iTunes. You can find me at Art of Loving on Instagram. And I'd love to connect with you and to hear hear more from you. So enjoy this episode and we will see you soon. Welcome back, everybody, to Soul Crush. Today I am having a chat with my new friend, Ike Nindola. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Okay. Nindola, yeah, yeah, you got it. Nindola, cool. I have listened to his one song, Rising Sun, probably at least a thousand times (laughs) and I was saying how and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is just how important music is yeah yeah it's just I just think it's something really fun to just talk about because it's something I think in every culture and in every human it's like an innate way to connect yeah yeah like I was saying, your song, just like any uh, sermon or podcast, you know, spiritual teaching or anything that I kind of delve myself into for a period of time, you know, that same thing. And especially before I really 
walked on a spiritual path when I was younger, mm. you know, music just held that space of, of deep healing for yeah, me. Yeah, so absolutely. Will you say a little bit about, you know, how that resonates with you? And if you want to share a little bit about that song or just how music has moved you and continues to move you in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, music has always been pretty uh, important in my life. Um, but uh, it wasn't until I was 18 that I started playing and, and writing music. Mm. Um, and uh, it was a cool kind of random process where I'd always wanted to play guitar and never really had, um, never really got the chance. And then I finally just stepped out on a limb and um, bought my first guitar when I was uh, 18 and uh, at a pawn shop. Mm. And um, it was, uh, I just started learning kind of slowly and surely. And so one of those things like music is so transcendent um, and it's able to break down a lot of barriers and walls. And, mm. um, and uh, so for me to be able to kind of jump into the creating and um, of it, you know, cause I think as soon as I, as soon as I started, as soon as I started playing a little bit, I started writing songs. Mm. Uh, they weren't great songs, but I was just, <laughs> I was just, you know, writing, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. I think I've, even before I was a songwriter, I'd always just kind of written creatively and poetry and all that stuff. And um, so when, you know, when I got to add music, it was kind of clicked for me and all kind of came together. And uh, it took several years um, of just writing songs after mm -hmm. song after song. And um, I had a friend of mine who um, is also a songwriter and, and he was like, yeah, man, just write all the things. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, just write, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, kind of eventually you find your voice and you find the right words, but mm -hmm. um, you just kind of keep doing it. And mm -hmm. so um, even before I was in playing music for a living, I, I loved you know, music, it's, you know, you, you hear a song and it takes you back to a moment or, mm -hmm. um, you know, you hear a song and like, even like on a, you know, whatever, like I, I do, I think I use music as healing and as mm -hmm. therapy and, um, you know, for all sorts of things, you know, music has just a way of, um, connecting people. Um, and so that was like a, it was like a kind of a rush for me the first time I sang, in front of people you know like um will you tell us about that like where were yeah you well yeah it's funny because so a lot of my um early you know a lot of my kind of beginnings of music was do, uh, playing in churches and playing in like church settings mm -hmm. um so the first time that ever happened i was um played for like a bunch of like middle schoolers for their like youth group and it mm -hmm. was uh terrifying <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, and, um, for all intents and purposes, I was kind of told in, in a roundabout way that it was, I was all right. I wasn't great, but I was okay. Which is like, <laughs> like, okay. Experience. I appreciate the honesty. And it's like, mm -hmm. here's the things you can improve on. And, but mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was really terrifying, but it was, um, the, you know, that kind of nervous excitement you get, you know, and, um, I was feeling that I just wanted to do that again and again and again. And it's such a, really really cool beautiful experience and then you know you kind of get this I, I was like well you know maybe this is not for me you know maybe I won't do this again but I don't know like it's just like opportunities just kept kept opening up and opening up and opening up but that first time I remember 
I was like, I felt like a fraud because I'd only been playing for like a few months. They're like, yeah, you can do this. I'm like, "Uh, all right, I guess I'll give it a shot. But um, I think it was like a feeling of almost like just showing up and going through the motions in a Mm -hmm. certain way. I feel like I have experienced that in my own path of um, teaching. And and now I I teach other people um, how to be teachers, meditation and yoga teachers mostly. And, but you know, it's funny because it's this thing that you really love. And then when you go to share it, it, it's like, wait, there often for many people, I don't, I'm probably everybody. There's this, moment of like this doesn't feel like as natural as it feels like inside me when I go to put it outside of me but that I feel is the purpose of it's the purpose right whatever that is for each individual person but the purpose of sharing our our hearts in that way and and yeah purpose you know yeah yeah absolutely and there was like something I think for me kind of clicked um even though I was nervous and um, I was told that it was just kind of okay. Um, Something that clicked for me is like, man, I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. Cause you know, you spend so much time when you're, you know, I was 18 then you spend so much time trying to figure out what your life is about and what you're about. And, uh, and, you know, I thought all these things I was going to do, I thought I was going to be a teacher. I thought I was going to do, you know, this and that. I had no idea really. Mm -hmm. Um, but I never would have imagined that it would be music. You know, like I have a lot of friends who, a lot of my friends who are professional musicians as well. And they've been doing it since they were like old enough to walk, you know, they've been playing and, you know, that wasn't me. I was like playing sports and just trying to be the, you know, you know, uh, that guy in, 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 you know, growing up and, but all the while I had this creative streak that I felt I couldn't let out, you know, cause, Mm -hmm. um, cause life is hard and you're just, you're just, always nervous about what people think about you when you're younger. And Mm -hmm. so you just kind of fall in line and, um, you know, like I don't have any regrets in life, but I wish I could go back and tell 13 year old me, 12 year old me is like, dude, this is not going to matter. Like, Mm. no, you're not going to talk to any of these people. Like this doesn't matter. Like do follow your heart. Cause I would have picked up an instrument a lot sooner, but also same time, it's like, maybe I wasn't supposed to, you know? And so it's just all works out for the good. And, so when I'm 18 and I'm three months into playing guitar, I'm playing for a bunch of middle schoolers. There's still like, you know, no matter how nervous I was, I was something clicked for me. I was like, yeah. this is, I think this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and even then you try to rationalize, like, well, it can't be me. Like, you know, this guy's been doing it for, you know, years and this yeah. girl's been doing it for years. And then it's like, yeah. but you know. And this, like his voice sounds different. And you know, it's like, yeah. you know, to really just, that's why it's, you know, the teaching of, um, you know, just be yourself is like, oh, like I could like cry just thinking about how, like yeah. how that really is, you mm-hmm. know, and, it, and it's true because you really have to, yeah, you have to just do it despite, you know, everyone else doing things their own way, you know, right. like we, it's so, it's so individual, you mm-hmm. know, I think, mm-hmm. um, and something else I wanted to ask you because you grew you grew up in the church or where did you grow up and what did that look like? Yeah, I grew, so I grew up um, in Missouri, Columbia, Missouri, and I grew up in the church. And um, my parents are um, immigrants; they're from Nigeria, mm-hmm. and uh, so they um, we went to this small Catholic church in um, in Missouri, and uh, it was an interesting experience. One being black in this like 
all white church. Mm. Uh, also being um, Nigerian immigrants, mm. um, you know, in this all white church, you yeah. know, um, it, it was like, a, it was, it was a, it was an interesting experience. I felt displaced, you know, um, like I couldn't fit anywhere, like trying to hang out with like, you know, trying to fit in with my black friends, but, you know, I was always felt like on the outside because I'm African, you know, that was always like very evident, you know, like at church, you know, being the only black, you know, the one of the few black families there. And sometimes at a service or the mass, it was like, we were the only ones, they were the only mm-hmm. black family there. Um, you know, and then even being at home where my parents, you know, their upbringing and their culture is very different from American culture. And here they are raising these American kids, you know, we, hadn't you know we our connection to our, our homeland was our parents you know and so they were trying to hold up but like once you go once kids go to school and start doing it you know like we were american you know so mm-hmm. um so yeah just kind of feeling displaced and all that and it was you know it's it's you kind of expect that at school or whatever but at church it was hard because it was like well i'm looking up and i'm like i just it doesn't seem like i fit in you know mm-hmm. um or that i belong or maybe that this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that took, um, I, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday and I said like, yeah, this, there was like some trauma that you experience in that, you know, when you're in this thing that's told, that you're told it's supposed to like, you know, better you and save you and heal you. And you're like, yeah, but I don't think it's for me. Cause I don't, you know, it doesn't, seems unfamiliar and foreign and weird and yeah um you feel on the out that's i think that's what it was you, f- you feel on the out outside so and something um, that really i feel at its core i mean this is a grand statement for me to make but i guess my experience of spirituality and that connection is about a true sense of belonging like a mm-hmm. true 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 sense of belonging in, right you know and so yeah i can see how that yeah yeah so I I struggled with that I struggled with the you know even I mean all aspects like where do I belong like where Mm -hmm. like what you know like who are my you know friends or what's my you know all these things like where do I belong and where do I even fit in my family or all these things and so it was um you know but I think that's also too a lot of people can resonate with that you know Mm -hmm. um that's kind of same similar displacement you know, and we all go through that at some point, I'm sure, you know, like, I mean, we still probably go through it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's just, that's just, I think that's just life. Um, but uh, learning also too, I think learning to value other people's stories, you know, is a big deal. And mm-hmm. um, I think for a long time, as you know, as I continued in the church and, you know, um, got more comfortable as I got older, um, you know, I, it was almost like, well, now that we're all here, your individualism kind of goes away. You know, I feel, I feel like that happens a lot in church, yeah, church groups, you know, like your personal story, your individualism, you know, is swallowed up in the collective, mm-hmm. which there's like beauty in an aspect of that where you're, you, you know, like community is great, but community um without stories is weird you know like doesn't make it that's just that's just kind of false witness like you everybody has a story everybody has a, a, an origin and it's important to know 
everyone's, you know, the people who you call friends or you're in community with, like, it is important to know their stories and know their origins and honor that, you know, like, you know, you can disagree with somebody on a whole lot of levels, but like their story is their story. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're in communion, in relationship and whatever fellowship with people, you should, should value their stories, you know? And so I think for a long time for me, I was, uh, I was like, Oh, maybe my story isn't really important. I'll just push it off to the side. Um, Because my struggle for, um, to not feel displaced when I was growing up led me to a lot of civil rights issues. And I was like super into Malcolm X and the Black Panthers. And I was struggling to find my place in this, you know, in, in who I was. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm black, but I'm African. What does that mean? So I, it led me to all of these things. And then when I, when I kind of started coming back to my faith, as it, you know, from, from, from when I was younger, like on my own, I mm. thought, well, I'll leave kind of like my history behind and I'll forge a new thing. And, mm. um, and so I think now as an older man, <laughs> um, <laughs> come full circles, like, you know, it all matters. All of it matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all important and it all needs to be shared and told and mm. celebrated and, you know, worked through and all that um, mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And I think that's something that, yeah, I also think that's something a lot of people experience on the spirit that do eventually find their way back to mm-hmm. a desire and a longing for spirit and for that connection is, you know, this, yeah, exploring. And I loved what you just shared so much because I think that they're both, like you said, so important, you mm-hmm. know, to like, because if we're only in, you know, that individual and in really like who we are and, you know, we can very easily forget about the other and there's, and, you know, of true service and of true devotion and, you know, something that I think certain bodies or communities always imperfectly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, embody, yeah, yeah. Um, which, you know, there, there's another whole story about that, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, that is the, I, I feel you know, that is our intention, hopefully, in cultivation of communities that we enter into or we um, participate in, you know, or we create. And then there also is, like you said, this, someone's story um, also being really important. So we have these, I feel like what is the actual juice of what God has given us. Yeah, yeah. Comes through that individual you know Mm -hmm. so it's such a it's such a beautiful dance and i think if we get caught in either side of it it can you know it can uh which i think is normal but i think that's when we you know we experience um things that don't necessarily feel authentic or you know or just like a, a loss of you know or a loss of our our own actual individual faith. You know, I liked that you said that, and I listened to another interview where you talked a little bit, and I was going to ask you about about that, about owning our own faith. Mm. You know, and um, you know, I know you follow the teachings of Christ, and so I'm curious. You know, what that looks like. I mean, I feel like you just explained that a lot, and I have a feeling it must come through your music and. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I know a lot of people that I work with um, on a spiritual level, you know, it's like, 
it is this struggle sometimes to, you know, this is how I was raised and this didn't work for me. And so, yeah. you know, I, you also talked in, about writing music, you know, from this place of spirit that maybe people that will never find themselves in a church could resonate with, you know, on a human level and on, yeah. a, on a level of connection. So yeah, I'd love to hear more about owning how to really own our own faith or how you own your own faith and also how that works for you, you know, yeah. in that, cause I, I feel that too. I have so many inspired teachings and things like that. And then it's like, you know, I want to share them and then you're like, okay, well, people are going to hear them, how they hear them. And how sure. do I, you know, bridge this connection sure. of like just the essence of what a lot of the teachings I think, um, cause in Christianity, you're um, Christian now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're raised Catholic. Yeah. Um, I was also raised Catholic. And so, yeah, a lot of these teachings and how, how much, you know, goodness is in them and um, how we, how we use them in our own or how we come to them in our own ways and also how we can share them in our own ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, it, definitely in my, in my own walk um, as a, as a Christ follower, um, I, I think the, the things that are, are always most important to me is that, is that um, sense of welcome and belonging um, that I think it really is the overall arcing theme for for Jesus and his teachings, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so I always try, well, I, I think that's where my heart is, you know, like it's, um, and, and that's what is most important to me, um, is that sense of love that Christ extends to all, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I'm, you know, when I'm writing songs, you know, um, cause you know, I have three records out, um, now and the th the third one just came out um, two weeks ago, but the other, like it, um, and that one was the first record that I did that I put out that was not um, underneath the Christian gospel you know yeah. um, genre, um, right. which doesn't really explain types of music, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but my last two were, and um, even then, you know, like my my second my record with the one with the um, with Rising Sun and the Land of the Rising Sun. Um, that, um, that record in particular, people would, um, share that record with people who were not Christians mm -hmm. and they would tell me, they're like, this record means a lot, like really means a lot to this person and they're not Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, and they'll probably never, ever darken the door of a church. Um, right. but it like, it was like, it spoke to them. And to me, that was the biggest compliment ever. You know, I think, um, even in the, and I, I don't want to be overly critical of the Christian music genre because I have a lot of friends in that. At the same time, I do feel that there's like a you know we we kind of like sing to each other, like we write for each other. Yeah. You know, like let's sing songs that we can sing in our little huddle, mm -hmm. um, and then and uh, and then all of us will love those songs, but nobody on the outside will understand them or really get them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whereas for me, I just never felt that like that. You know, like I want. So I want, first of all, music, I don't, you know, like it, we should have a, it's fine to have like, I guess, a target audience at the same time. Mm -hmm. You never know, like you have to allow that song to be able to break those boundaries, right? Because a mm -hmm. song will do what a song will do, you know, and mm -hmm. if it speaks to somebody. And mm -hmm. so when I, and I think when I write, I don't really have that target. I'm not, and I'm definitely not thinking about the people in the pews. 
Um, I think there's enough songs for us to sing at our little gatherings that we have every Sunday, but Christianity is not about Sunday. You know, it's not about, um, what, you know, the, the one hour a week that you head over to your church. It's like, what, what are you doing for, you know, for the other six days of the week, you know, um, all those hours where you're in contact with your coworkers and your, you know, your family and strangers, like, um, because, like we have a model, you know, of what that should look like, you know, like Jesus was not, you know, there was like very few times when they were, when he was like in a synagogue, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, uh, he was out, you know, with no home and uh, no, not a lot of clothes. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he, was, he was with people, you know, and mm-hmm. he loved people. And uh, the, the tenet of love your neighbor as yourself, I think to me, is the theme of Christianity. That should be, you know, literally everybody, every Christian, that should be above your door, that should be in your heart, that should be put on your skin, you know, like it's, like that to me, that's, that is the, the, the core of it, you know, that, that part of love your neighbor um, as yourself, you know? And um, I think that has always been, um, the, I think that's, that's what keeps me, that's what keeps me, um, and uh, that's what makes me Christian. I think that's what keeps me there, you know, yeah. so it yeah. keeps me in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really nothing else, you know, like there's, mm-hmm. it's not a lot of the trappings and the things and like, I grew up Catholic and I'm still Catholic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like, I, I, like, there's really not a whole lot else except for, you know, what Jesus promised and what he did. And, and he's, and the simple thing was like, love your neighbor. Like that's, it does say that he says like, this is the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. It's love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to take that seriously. I do feel um, Christianity uh, in the past several generations in our country has become something that I don't recognize. And yeah. I think a lot of people don't recognize and a lot of people have been hurt by. Yeah. Um, and to me, uh, more than any other thing, that's what, um, you know, if like Jesus would weep for anything, that would be, it would be that like, yeah. Um, I actually but, said that to one of my friends a couple of weeks ago in the car. And I just said, cause we were talking about that. Cause you know, he was sharing a similar reflection and his, um, frustration with that sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and I was saying, well, you know, maybe that's part of your job, you know, is to be, is to, you know, embody these teachings in this way, you know, that maybe others for whatever reason are unable to, you know? Um, And I just said, I wonder what Jesus feels about that, you know? Because to me, I also am like, "Eh, you know, that's, I feel what you're saying completely. And I, and I, you know, not just like I agree with your belief. I just feel that inclusive. I mean, that unconditional love is absolutely inclusive. I mean, Mm -hmm. how could it be not? Absolutely. So, and as I learn more and more about, you know, Christian teachings, or I mean, I, I seek out people like you, <laughs> you know, who are going to be like, oh, because I just feel like there's, <laughs> there's so much relief in them. And then, all, you know, then there could be this massive resistance or whatever, because you're because of this other, you know, thing that that like you just spoke to has has seemed to happen um, in a lot of um, in a lot of carry holders of this tradition, you know, yeah. which um you know, I, I think it is really, you know, in my opinion, it's, um, it's unfortunate and it, it does cause harm. And, you know, I also feel like 
there everyone has their own way of really sharing these sure. things that deeply resonate. So I'm really grateful that you, you know, are are sharing this in, yeah. in your way. I think it's really beautiful and, and sharing your devotion, you know, with us in this moment is I really feel um, a lot of relief in my own body just hearing that. And yeah. um, I think, you know, the wounding around God and around love, that's kind of what I'm always talking about and dealing with in my yeah. own in my own life and right. work. And right. you know, I just think the more that we can offer one another the ways that we have healed or would like to, you know, yes. sometimes we're not, you know, you know, it's an ongoing process, but you know, we do hit these moments of, oh, okay, I'm good with that now. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's I think it's important, you know. So I feel a lot of tenderness too in my heart just listening to your sharing. So um, yeah. thank you. Yeah, that's good. And and um I think there's a lot of damage that has been done, you know, and that's just we all kind of move through life and we cause damage, you know, um to ourselves and to others. Um and uh you know to recognize that and to um repair that as much as possible mm -hmm. um and then as a as a as a believer as a follower of Christ for myself i feel that weight um i feel that weight mm -hmm. to do what i can mm -hmm. to um bring reparations for the damage that christianity has caused mm -hmm. or let me say what people have caused the damage that people have caused in the name of Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, because I, because I think that the Jesus that, um, I think the Jesus that a lot of people follow or, or prescribe to is not the Jesus that I know. And I don't know if that's, I don't think that's just opinion of my Jesus is better than your Jesus. Mm -hmm. My Jesus is different. I mean, it's, I think it's just a simple thing of the, these are the things he said, you know, like, you know, your anger at a thing that you disagree with um, doesn't mean that that's how your Jesus feels. Like, mm. you know, like he, he, the, the really the only time he showed anger was against capitalism. So like, mm -hmm. you know, your anger against this morale, this moral, this moral thing that you think is important. Like, ah, mm -hmm. like that, that's where, where are you justifying that, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. do you realize that you're just causing more harm, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's amazing how revolutionary it is to really just do our best to embody like the most basic of teaching. I mean, it's like, it fascinates me, like how, mm -hmm. and how much strength and courage it really does take. Like, I think maybe part of it is generational. Like it seems like as, I mean, hope, you know, and my hope, and I also do see it, <laughs> you know, yeah. is that as our generations, I mean, some things seem like, you know, they become more challenging in the world. And then other things are like, okay, like this kind of inclusiveness that you're talking about does seem more inherent in younger generations, sure. um, at least from what I can tell from my pers perspective. Um, but it does take a tremendous amount of courage, especially when we've come from, people that maybe hold these, you know, prejudices or, you know, we, I have so much of it, you know, in my own family and even just the patternings of abuse that, you know, I have been, you know, like you said, I've wronged people in my life and then, you know, lit, continuing to walk as a woman of devotion, mm -hmm. 
quote unquote, inside of these faults and these failures, you know, um, I think, yeah, is, is really challenging for me at times. And where do you feel like our, where do you feel like grace comes in when it comes to Mm. our failures and our, and our faults and forgiveness and continuing to walk the path even you know amidst being a an imperfect human you know sure sure yeah i mean i think grace is the is really the biggest it's huge for um it's just huge grace is huge because it's this thing that's you don't necessarily deserve right like um as in like or let me say that let me take that back you haven't really earned or even asked for but it's available right like um, you know, in Christianity, like we teach that, like, um, even, even the biggest sinner is never far from grace, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, w- when you look for, you know, like, you know, when you're talking about kind of just your near normal run of the mill things, you know, as far, as far as like the faults and the things that, you know, that I've done, um, that's really good news. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's so it's so, um, it's almost too big, you know, because like that grace is available for everyone, no matter who you are, like that grace is available for everybody, which I think for some people is a hard thing to wrap their minds around. Um, I was, um, I was, uh, randomly listening to this preacher. Um, and I can't, I actually, I, I can't remember his name, but, um, he had started a, several churches, I think in Michigan or Seattle. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but, um, he was one of those celebrity preachers and I just, he just randomly, I randomly came across one of the sermons online several years ago. And he started it out by saying, he said, uh, Gandhi is absolutely in hell. That's what he said, mm-hmm. that Gandhi's in hell. And um, because he didn't say the words or he didn't, he wasn't a Christian, therefore he's in hell. Mm. And I was like, well, if Gandhi's in hell, there's no hope. <laughs> there's no hope for any of us. And uh, yeah. I, I um I think the thing that's probably even specifically kept me in the church, Catholic church has been, um, there is no like official doctrine or teaching saying, mm. if you do this and this and this, you're going to hell. Mm. Like, church will never, ever, ever say that. And, and in a sense, like no matter what your feelings about heaven and hell or the afterlife or any of that thing, the concept of hell is, is, mm. is uh, damnation, right? condemnation or whatever um beyond grace and basically the church is saying nobody is nobody's beyond that it doesn't matter what you've done or who you are you could be um the biggest monster of our you know the past 50 100 years like the church will never say that this person is in is in in hell condemned outside of grace Mm -hmm. um and that's like that that to me is uh feels like a very safe place to be um that grace for myself um means that the 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 damage that i've caused throughout my life or to others to myself um can always be forgiven can always be repaired and it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't condemn me or um damn me or isolate me or anything God is always near. I think that's the thing. Grace is just God. His it always will draw near. 
you know, like his spirit will always rest in you, hover over you. Like that's, that's, that's never going to go away. Um, and that's such good news. <laughs> like, you know, that's news that I need to hear um, every, every day, every morning, you know, and there's a lie in scripture. I can't remember somewhere in the old Testament, but it just says, you know, your mercies, God, your mercies are new every morning, you know, with every rising sun, you know, like, you know, he doesn't abandon us, you know, like we're not abandoned. And I think that's the, you know, that's the, that to me is, is encouraging and beautiful, you know, even in the midst of our own brokenness and a broken world, a very broken world, um, we're not abandoned, you know? Um, and maybe sometimes I just need to say that. And that's, you know, like, um, as a, you know, someone who feels very blessed to be doing what I'm doing and, you know, I'm healthy and all these things, you know, um, but we've all gone through it. I lost my dad five years ago and it was hard, hard for me to, um, I didn't, I, it was hard for me to find God in that. Um, but I think the acceptance of, of passing is a, is a big deal. Like knowing that nothing is really permanent. Uh, but, uh, as far as, what we understand to be permanent. Mm. Um, but the cool thing is like, my dad's not gone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nothing, we, we just don't, I, I believe in the endurance of the soul, you know, mm. like, I don't know what that looks like after all this is gone for me. I haven't, I, I have no idea. Mm. Um, but I, I do believe in the permanence of the soul mm. and that we were, made with love and care um and joy and um that doesn't just snuff out you know and um i rejoice in that for my dad you know um and you know like the cool thing is like i have dreams of him you know and where he feels so close like so near like literally i have the weirdest dreams whenever my dad's in them we're doing normal things like fishing or you know, walking around and at the yeah. end of it, I'm always kind of sad. And he always says to me, it's all right, I'm good. You know? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know, like to me, that was, that was, I don't know. I, I saw that as God allowing me to know, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause I would wake up, you know, after like the initial pain was gone, you know, it's been five years now, the pain's still there. Yeah. Um, but every time that happens, there is sadness, but there's also joy and hope mm-hmm. and knowing that like, I don't feel that he's gone, gone, you mm-hmm. know? Um, you know, and to me, that was a mercy. That was a grace that God showed me. Cause I think he knew I needed it, you know, like yeah. I, I needed to, I needed to ha- go fishing with my dad, you know, a couple of times, you know, and, um, you know, watch a, a, a football game with him in my dreams, which sounds <laughs> weird, but I mean, it was like therapeutic for, you mm-hmm. know, for me. Um, so I, I don't know, like I just, I've never, I don't feel abandoned, you know, mm-hmm. I don't feel um, left alone, even in, even, in, even in my, you know, darkest places, darkest parts, darkest moments, mm-hmm. I don't ever feel gone, you know. Um, yeah, and left, I mean, I think that that's, you know, the, the core, <sighs> wound of abandonment which I'm very familiar with um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> coming an expert on in this lifetime um, 
and you know each layer of it and i can relate i lost my dad uh 11 years ago now mm. and and you know what's interesting and when you were just sharing that what's your dad's name just ferdinand ferdinand mm-hmm. my, my dad's name was peter um and you know it was part of my strong connection to the church too because my mom never went to church my dad and i went every week and but he struggled so much in life and so sure. that was part of my initial kind of wounding around it like this isn't gonna this doesn't work obviously. right it, right like, he it didn't work for him and since his passing i also have had many dreams and many visions and you know in healing sessions him coming and really feeling his essence was saved and mm-hmm. even in, in this past year around his um his death or rebirth anniversary, I don't know what we want to call it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I can technically call it whatever I want, but that yeah. around that time I had gotten a session with one of my healers and you know, he came up so strongly and I was also struggling with this thing in relationship around abandonment. That's some, you know, thing that comes up again and again for me. And, you know, it came up so strong and his light was just like so intense, you know, mm. and it just was like, you know, I'm like, you know, in, I'm here in this, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in this, like, mm. I am fine. And I like, use me. Like he was like, use me, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was powerful, you know? And, and, and then a couple weeks after that, I had this, this experience where I just, I was on a hike and where I live near here in California and by myself. And I was just walking and I had this whole experience of just like, feeling this very strong energy like come into my body and I fell to my knees and I was like crying and I felt this energy of the father and I didn't I still am like unpacking it which is part of why I'm <laughs> saying it right now because I, I don't know I'll probably be unpacking it for the rest of my life yeah, yeah. or not but I appreciated it and sure, it, sure. it just felt like this message of like the father and it was in you know it was like coming into my body and also this like tremendous love and protection mm. and, and strength, like such a unwavering, you know, strength that I felt in that moment. Yeah. Um, you know, that, you know, now is, you know, come and you know, but I think, you know, what you just said was really making me think and reflecting on my own experience of that, but also how for all of us, how we can create heaven, and or hell on earth sure. and, and in our, you know through our perception and not just like by doing everything right because mm. i don't know that can get into a whole guilt thing that i've absolutely died from so you know i really try to offer people permission around you know what we've been talking about around making mistakes and i absolutely. think it's innate in us as humans um, you know until it isn't but for now at least in my experience and for the people i surround myself with there's a whole lot of mistakes going on oftentimes but and hopefully learning from them and you know our perception really you know and i think why i continue to come back to these teachings and to the things to the music to the things that keep pulling me back into the awareness of you know not just heaven and meaning like oh everything's all perfect all the time right that's not what it means to me it's it's this experience of what you said of inclusiveness and unconditional love and acceptance and just you know, the opposite of that being that hell that, you know, I know I saw my father live through and always coming from this place of not feeling loved, you Mm -hmm. know, and feeling abandoned. Mm -hmm. Um, And, 
just, it's such a miraculous mystery to me how heaven and hell can be <laughs> so close, you know, uh, for me anyway, you know, it's almost like a, a snap of a finger or, you know, like you said, every day waking up, God's mercy is new. And, mm. and that's, you know, it's a choice and, yeah. and, a, and a decision, I think, that we do have to make, you know, day by day or moment to moment or after having fallen, you know, for years sometimes and then, you know, waking back up into it of, you know, um, that can be really hard, you know. So yeah. I just want to say, um, yeah, I appreciate you sharing something really vulnerable and, and because it connects us all to those ways that we've, you know, experienced loss and grief and you know grief is is so deep and and can pull us so deep into our hearts and into the brokenness of our hearts that can mm -hmm. lead us into compassion and yeah. it can also kill us you yeah. know and, and take us deeper into i mean i think it's all can be a part of it despair is a part of that pulling yes. into compassion too but you know it can lead us into places where we we don't come back and we don't yeah. utilize the loss we've experienced to help others, which is absolutely the best thing that I've found that we can do with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. And yeah. And I, um, I think since, um, you know, the past five years, cause you know, initially it was very hard. Um, obviously, you know, losing my dad. Um, and then, you know, still dealing with that. And I have two um, younger siblings, a brother and a sister, you know, I think we've all kind of dealt with it in very different ways. Mm -hmm. um, um, and for me, my natural, cause I'm the oldest. So my natural inclination was to be the help, you know, like make sure that everyone else was okay. Mm -hmm. So that was me. And I had to take care of all the things since I was the oldest and my parents were divorced. So, I was like taking care of his affairs and all this stuff and making the decisions in the hospital and all that, you know, and, um, yeah. after the fallout, I realized that I wasn't okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I had, and I struggled a lot. Like I went through anxiety, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, and I travel for a living, you know, I'm a musician. So I'm like, like there was like a couple times where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. You know, like I'm having panic attacks on planes and, Mm -hmm. you know, cars and vans. And so it was, um, it was all getting very, very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, and slowly and surely I, I started to climb out of it, but it took a while. And I went through some very self-destructive, mm -hmm. you know, behaviors, you know, after that, you know, and um, I think it was kind of like a bear to be around probably. Mm -hmm. um, um, I had good people in my life who mm -hmm. kept me close, but I was kind of insufferable for a little bit. And, um, you know, to be shown grace by those people, <laughs> you know, um, who allowed me this, the top the space to be a wreck, you know, mm -hmm. um, we, I think we need to do that for each other, you know, um, yeah. to, to let we, you know, give, give your, your loved ones space to break down a little bit, um, yeah. and don't, don't abandon them, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was, I was lucky that I had that, you know, people who showed me grace, you know, um, and kept me close despite my jackassery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, and I love that you're sharing that because I know 
everyone experiences that, you know, in different degrees and it might look differently for each of us, but especially the thing around self-destructive, you know, behaviors and habits. And, you know, I know I went through that as well. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, I just to, just to offer that solace, you know, to anybody that may be experiencing that, because I think, you know, it's one of the ways that we deal with our grief when Mm -hmm. we don't know how else to deal with it or, even if we do know, sometimes it's something that we have to go through. And yeah. so, and that, you know, I don't think our culture, which is why I, I try to talk about grief as much as possible um, and death and, you know, all these good things. <laughs> I just think, you know, it's just something that isn't talked about and it's just this awful yeah. thing. And, and it is awful, like living through losing loved ones for sure. I mean, there's, it's just, you know, it does something to you that also can, you know, like I said, it can bring us into a space of really being able to be there for one another. And so I'm really glad that you said that because it does create that kind of authenticity. Like Mm -hmm. loss does create or has the potential to create an authenticity of caring and Mm -hmm. also of, of devotion, like of what I feel like true devotion really does it puts us into this place of maybe not when we're the one being you know jackasses but (laughs) you know we all have our moments but then in these other moments where we then can actually be in this space of true caring Mm -hmm. and it's one of the like one of the juiciest you know i i you know i I study lots of different spiritual traditions and for me i i come a lot from the mystical traditions of india and or just that what has what has entered my path most recently, you know, in the past 10 years that I've, yeah. that has really helped me a lot. Um, but, you know, that experience, like the, the pure, the, the essence of it is just this like tremendous care for just humans, you yeah. know, and like, and when, and like knowing when someone else has that, you can kind of almost just connect in a different way that is yeah. just so much sweeter and mm-hmm. it is more vulnerable and we all have our growing edges with that. And it can be more scary because it's scary to let love in. I sure. Think, Absolutely. For many of us. You Absolutely. Know? And, but you know, for me it's in, and I feel like, you know, from you and maybe why I was really like, I, was like, I need to talk to this man. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just, you know, I really appreciate that. I think that these are the things that really matter to us in life or, yeah. you know, or, or can be underneath, you know, we, what we're sharing and, um, and can give us that deep satisfaction in certain moments Absolutely. Of, um, of just true caring and of, of really being, um, being here for one another too, you know? So thank you so much for sharing all that. Of course. Of yeah. course. I'm going to um, end with, asking you uh, to give us a couple different people that you would consider a soul crush. So Mm. maybe somebody, what I'm feeling from you is maybe somebody personal, like maybe somebody we don't know, you know, that you want to give a shout out to. And then maybe somebody more, um, you know, somebody that we can look up and that we can, um, you know, do ourselves. Hmm. 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 Okay. Okay. <laughs> Gotta think about it. I know it's it. hard. To, it's hard to pick a couple, but yeah. Well, can they be alive or dead? Yeah. Either way. Either way. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll say um, I've always been drawn to. Uh, it's gonna. I hope this doesn't sound cliche as a musician, but um, to Bob Marley has always been like my 
soul crush you know like as a, as a um as son as a son of immigrants nigerian immigrant african immigrants bob, bob marley was like a huge he was like third world he was like third world at elvis you know like he was just um his uh his music and his spirit and his life really resonated with um with the third world you know mm-hmm. and um so bob marley was always playing in our household mm-hmm. and i love 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 bob marley and yeah. his just his message of peace and his message of love and um his uh drive as a as a musician to um to uh to express himself and to bring his art you know to the world and then on top of that like you know a lot of things that people don't know but like bob marley would just fed thousands of people you know like mm-hmm. he was just this unbelievable unbelievably kind caring generous soul you know and uh so as i got older and i started really getting into him and actually my my uh senior year i, was, I took an african-american studies class mm-hmm. for the second second year in a row and so i had, I had an independent study and i got to choose what i studied mm-hmm. and uh, i chose reggae music and rastafarianism mm-hmm. and uh and it was so it was so cool and so uh, it was really just an excuse to listen to bob Marley a lot and like dive into his life. Yeah. 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 And it was, I love hearing that he fed people. That's like, you know, Oh yeah. Practice for, you know, I think it's so powerful and so, and I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so, it's so cool. So I, um, his, um, yeah, his spirit and his life and his music has always touched me. And, um, so that's one. I need Mm -hmm. another one, right? I mean, you don't need you. If, I just wanted to give you the option of two. Sometimes it's okay. hard to come up with one, but you can have one if you'd like. <laughs> I might, I might I, stick. Go ahead. What are you saying? I was just thinking like someone, yeah, just someone in your life that you, cause you had mentioned a few times, like people that have really been there for you, you know, yeah, like yeah, that, those kind of personal connections. So I was, when I, that's kind of what I was feeling. Like I was like, oh, maybe there's someone you want to kind of give a shout yeah. out. And I, I, I will say, I mean, this is going to be, I'm going to lump these two people into one, but yeah. <laughs> my, my, my siblings, um, they, um, yeah, they're absolutely my, outside, outside of my wife, which, okay, I should probably put them all in this kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but like the, yeah, my, my family has been, you know, and that's the, that could even go extended, you know, out to my mom and you know, my, my siblings, but my siblings, I think in particular, I've known them obviously my whole life, mm. you know, my best friends, you know, like growing up and we just lo- like love each other hard mm. and, um, and have a sense of deep, deep loyalty to each other. And I'm just so impressed by them. Like, I, I'm like, so like, you know, I'm the oldest and I always think like, man, I wish I could be like them, <laughs> you know, like my, you know, like my brother, you know, who's, he's, he's married, uh, he's got three kids and um, just an incredibly talented, amazing, fun human being. My sister, who is just, um, just a badass, like she's just a badass woman, you know, I'm just like, ah, man, I just, I, I just love those two. And um, I'm so grateful to them, you know, and uh, and my family, for sure. I, like, if my wife is going to hear this, obviously she's on on, on top. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> she's obviously got your back. She's obviously got my back. She really does. Like, in a, in yeah. a, in a, in a, you know, I'm a, I, li- I play music for a living. So to yeah. have her, like, yeah. you know, unequivocally behind me, 
it mm-hmm. amazing. Like it, it is amazing. I'm blown away. Like to me, that's back to the grace thing. Like I, like with my wife, I'm like, I don't feel like I deserved her. You know, like it's like she just kind of came out of nowhere. I'm like, you like this? <laughs> You're cool. All right, bet. Yeah. You know, like. Um, and for her to be like, just be behind what I do, which is not an easy thing, you know, like, no. you know, being, you know, left in the road, but yeah. yeah. So I could probably go on and on. Like now that you got me started, <laughs> got tons of people. <laughs> you can send some emails later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> some random acts of kindness. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'd love if we, if you felt inspired and you don't have to, of course, but if, if you would share a little prayer with us um, yeah. to, to close this, um, this episode, I'd be so, I'd be so honored to receive absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Father, we thank you um, so much for uh, your care for us. Um, not just your creation of us, but um, your care for us, that you would um, delight in us, that you um, would walk with us, and that you would never abandon us. We thank you so much. Um, Help us to see you in all the little things, even in our hardships, um, even in our struggles. Um, We know that you walk with us, that you suffer with us, that you celebrate with us. So let us um, feel you in the rain, in the wind, see you in the stranger, um, in our enemies, um, those who are far away, um, in our families. Let us see you um, in the people around us and let us love um, like you love. Teach us, form our hearts, and we thank you continually for your mercies and for your grace that are new every morning. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Such a pleasure to connect with you. And yeah. So grateful. Thank you. And thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And sending everybody out there just so much love and um, reach out if you have any questions, if you need any support. And we will see you next time. Sweet. Beside you, see you got a friend. Hang on. Hang on, hey, hang on, there is peace in the right hand. Hang on, hang on, hey, hang on, there is peace in God's timing. Everyone I know around me is fighting. Fighting fire with gasoline. So build me a bridge that I can cross over. Meet my brother on the other side. So come on, boy, with your sorrows. Look beside you, see you got a Hang on, hang on, hey, hang on, there is peace in the right hand, now I will keep you my brother, shelter you from the rain.
Hang on, hey yeah.